Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is table. T-A-B-L-E. Really? You bet your life! More than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present the best of Groucho. Yes, friends, it's been a Groucho summertime. By popular demand, from your letters, from rating histories, and the acclaim of critics, the DeSoto Plymouth dealers bring you selected shows from You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. Groucho Marx has been on vacation, friends, and will return next week to begin his great new fall series of programs. Until then, it's fun and laughs tonight as we proudly present another of the best of Groucho's past shows. And here he is, the one, the only... Groucho! That's me, Groucho Marx! Well, here I am again at the end of another season, and tonight I've got $2,000 for one of our couples. Who's first to try for the uh, 2000 We invited some WAFs to the program tonight, and uh, also some young men who work in hobby shops. And just before we went in the air, our studio audience selected Hilda Troop and Norbert Lally. And here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, youngsters, for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word, and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you find around the house. Hilda Troop, you're, you're the sergeant, right? Yes, sir. You're a mighty attractive sergeant there, Thank you, sir. Pretty blue eyes, or is that just a reflection of the uniform? It's just a reflection. Oh. What color are your eyes, actually? It depends upon what I'm wearing. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say when you get up in the morning. Huh? <laughs> Where are you from, Sarge? I was born in Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor? Yes, sir. Say, you're a long way from home, aren't you? Yes, huh? sir. Little did our parents suspect that their little pink bundle of joy would grow up to be a sergeant. <laughs> You're a very attractive, Sarge. You say you're a waff? Yes, sir. Well, kiddo, you know me. I'll do anything for a waff. Huh? <laughs> what is a waff? Uh, waff stands for Women's Air Force. Mm-hmm. Norbert Lally? Yes. That's a kind of a strange name, isn't it? What kind of a name is that? Oh, I think it's a good name. Oh, I, I'm not... Uh, there's no reflection on the quality of the name. I just wondered what the derivation was. Oh, I don't know. I think my folks named me after someone they knew. Probably your father, huh? Eh? <laughs> and where are you from, Norbert? I'm from a hobby shop. Well, I'm happy to know you. Uh, where, where are you from? Uh, Glen- Glendale. We live there now. I was born in Los Angeles here. How old are you? Twenty. Twenty, huh? Which hobby shop are you, uh, are you from? Finley's Hobby Crafts. I work in Finley's Hobby Crafts oh, in Glendale. You work in a hobby shop? I thought a hobby shop was only for hobbies. Well, it's other people's hobby, but it's my work. Uh, do you have any idea what he's talking about, uh, Certainly, Hilda? certainly. Ganging up on me, eh? <laughs> I can't keep uh, calling a pretty girl a sergeant. I'll just call you... Uh, uh, do you have a nickname? My friends call me Mopsy. Mopsy, huh? Yes, sir. I like that much better. But if somebody had told General Grant a hundred years ago that a sergeant was named Mopsy, he'd have swallowed his cigar. <laughs> That's a very attractive uniform, Mop. I'll call you Mop, huh? <laughs> Don't you may clean up on the show tonight. <laughs> Do they call you Mop? Yes, sir. Oh. Well, that's not very original on my part, is it? 
No, sir. Are you required to wear your uniform all the time? Uh, no, sir. We can take it off when we're off duty. I see. <laughs> the audience is beating me to it here. <laughs> well, I'll try it anyhow. When do you go off duty? <laughs> I'm the anticlimactic comic. Uh, have you figured out what you do yet, uh, Norbert? Oh, yes, I work in a hobby shop. Still stuck with the same old story, eh? <laughs> Well, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, you know. Are you, do you know that? Oh, yes, I've heard it before. Yeah. Yes. Uh, are you married? No. Did you say no? Yes. First you say no, and then you say yes. Which is it? Make up your mind. I'm not married. No hobbies at all, eh? <laughs> How about you, Mopsy? Are, are you married? No, sir. How old are you? 21, sir. 21. Why aren't you married? A pretty Air Force girl like you? Well, in the Air Force, it's, it's a lot of trouble to get married, and it's not worth it. It's not worth it in what way? What do you mean, well, before you, you mean can... financially? Uh, uh... No, but before you can get married, you have to know the boy six months. And then you have to get the permission of your CO. And I have two Why, COs. Why, does he want to marry you, too? No. <laughs> he just has to approve. Only I have two COs. The CO has to approve the boy that you marry? Approve of... Yes, um, they usually interview you and ask you how long you've known him and if he can support you and the style to which you're accustomed. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, what style are you accustomed to? <laughs> Maybe we can work out a deal here. Could you support a husband who spends all his time with hobbies, Mop? Mm, yes, sir. What kind of a job do you have? I do secretarial work. Oh, well, and you take dictation from a colonel. Do you have to salute before you sit on his lap? I don't sit on his lap. Oh, I forgot. You're a sergeant. He sits on your lap. Huh? <laughs> You drill in the Air Force like the wax do, Hilda? Yes, sir. What are some of the drills you learned? Oh, forward march, the rear march, the right flank, left flank, right oblique, left oblique, with the left flank march to the rear march and halt. Do you know how to present arms? Yes, sir. Okay, I'll test you. <laughs> present arms! I don't have any arms. <laughs> you don't have any arms? No, sir. That's too bad. Here. Huh? <laughs> you can use mine, huh? Nothing can stop the army airport. <laughs> While you make an interesting and romantic couple, and after talking to both of you, I've decided to join the woman's air force just as a hobby. <laughs> now, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $2,000 question. But right now, here's something I want you to pay attention to. Friends, there's no doubt about it. When you decide to buy a new car, there are a lot of facts you should have. That's why your DeSoto Plymouth dealer is happy to invite you on the famous five-mile trial. That's his way of giving you the facts, of proving that DeSoto is your best car value. Once you drive a DeSoto Fire Dome 8, you'll be thrilled with the surging power of the mighty new DeSoto Fire Dome 160-horsepower engine. Delighted by the Fire Dome engine's instant acceleration, its great reserves of power and its unsurpassed smoothness. When you drive either the Fire Dome 8 or the Powermaster 6, you'll marvel at the wonderful ease of DeSoto's full power steering. Full power steering that takes all the effort out of steering and parking, lets you turn the wheel with just one finger 
even when the car is standing still. You'll appreciate the safety you get with safety rim wheels and electric windshield wipers. Yes, for power, for beauty, and real safety, DeSoto is the greatest car value on the road. Stop in at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers tomorrow and make the five-mile trial in either the mighty DeSoto Fire Dome 8 or the famous DeSoto Powermaster 6. Once you do, you'll decide on DeSoto. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, the low-priced car most like high-priced cars. Now, let's see how you work together as a team. George uh, Fenneman? Yes, sir. Is that right, Fenneman? That's right. Where are you from? <laughs> uh, would you explain the rules? All right. Uh, young kids. You uh, bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show. All right, here we go. Let's see how high I can build your $20. You select the sporting terms. Yes, sir. Now, here's your first question. How much of the 20 would you try? 19. 19? What is it called in bowling when you knock all the pins down with one throw? Strike. A strike is right. Well, you're off from a great start. You have $39. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. Now, how much of the 39 steps would you bet on your second question? 38. Now, what is it called in golf when a player scores one under par on a hole? Is it birdie? Birdie is right. <laughs> You now have $77. All right, here's your third question. How much will you bet? Okay, 76. Spare to 76. What is it called in football when the offensive team boots one through the uprights for three points? Field goal. A field goal is right. (laughs) You're really up there now. You have $153. And here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much will you bet? Okay. hundred. All right. Polo is divided into six periods. What are these periods called? Chuckers. Chuckers is right. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you wind up with $253. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Just before we went on the air, we selected a housewife and an advertising man from our studio audience. And here they are, Mrs. Pearl Gaskins and Mr. Edison Ostrom. Meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to your Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Mrs. Pearl Gaskins. Uh, what's a Pearl Gaskin? Isn't that something you wear around your neck? No, that's my name. Well, Pearl, I'd say you're a jewel in any case. And I'd say that even if your name was Herman. <laughs> Where are you from, Pearl? Oyster Bay? <laughs> Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And Edison uh, Ostrom? That's right. Is that something you find with a Geiger counter? <laughs> no. How did you get a name like Edison? Well, it's quite a long story. My uh, grandfather well, didn't, have short, any, huh? uh, didn't have a son, you see. Your grandfather didn't have a son? No. Well, I'm baffled uh, already. (laughs) The reason for that is I was named after my aunt. My grandfather had a daughter, you see, and I was named after her. Your aunt was your father? (laughs) No, not not that simple. (laughs) No, my grandfather and Thomas Edison were boyhood friends, and uh, he uh, told him that he would name his first child after him, and it turned out to be a girl, so he named her Evelyn Edison, and I was named after my aunt. Very simple. Too bad your father didn't go around with Madame Curie. (laughs) 
What sort of work do you do, uh, Eddie? Eddie, well, uh, I'll call you Eddie, huh? That's good. Well, I'm an artist uh, in charge of uh, point-of-purchase advertising for the Western Auto Supply. Mm-hmm. And where you, where you must be from Orange, New Jersey, huh? Edison? Oh. No, I'm from Petersburg, Illinois. I was oh. born there. You double-crossed Edison, huh? <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Uh, Gaskins, are you sure you're not something that goes under the cylinder head of an automobile? I think you're thinking of a gasket. A gasket? No, that's what they bury you in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call you Pearl, huh? And your mother, I'll call mother a Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> now, what does your husband do, Pearl? He is a spotter. Is a new method cleaners. Oh, you mean he puts spots in the clothing? <laughs> no, he takes them out of the clothing, out of wool clothing. Could he take a spot out of my tie? Is it, is it wool? No, it's gravy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, could you tell us how your husband removes spots from clothing? Well, he has a steam gun, and he squirts the steam gun onto the spot, wets it a little bit, and then he takes a, a little uh, spatula, metal spatula. A what? little metal spatula and he works this chemical into the dirty spot until it and loosens. he says out damn spot <laughs> <laughs> well I hope not I hope not too and that's all there is to it and, and, you, and then you married him <laughs> oh he was my brother before I married him I beg your pardon what <laughs> this fellow's father was his aunt and his, <laughs> this woman's husband is her brother <laughs> Now, how did you meet Mr. Gasket? You say he's your brother? Yes, my mother introduced me to him. <laughs> you were going with your mother at the time and you swiped him? No, my mother married this man. And then my... he rubbed your mother out. <laughs> how did your mother happen to know him? Uh, she married his father. <laughs> my mother had two daughters and then this man had a son. And I finally, after five years, married the son. And now you're married to your brother. Right? Yes. <laughs> sounds like the perfect marriage. No mother-in-law. <laughs> well, she's got three fathers, but that doesn't make a difference. <laughs> now, you're going to play your bet your life. You beat our other two couples, and you'll get a chance at the $2,000 question. I can't tell you how much the first couple won, but George is going to remind our listeners. The WAF and the man from the hobby shop won $253. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected Spanish words and common usage. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? $15. $15. All right. What is the afternoon nap called? It starts with the letter S. It's a siesta. Siesta, siesta is right. <laughs> well, you're on your way. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. Now, how much is the $35 will you bet on your second question? 30 What do you call the broad-brimmed hat worn in the West? It starts with the letter S. Sombrero. Sombrero. Sombrero is right. <laughs> Doing very well. You have $65. And here's your third question. How much of the $65 you going to go for? $60. What do you call the terrace or courtyard used for outdoor living? It starts with the letter P. A patio. Patio is right. <laughs> you now have $125. And here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the $125 you going to try? 120. 120. A gay outdoor festival or party is called what? It starts with the letter F. A fiesta. Fiesta, fiesta is right. And you wind up with $245. Thanks from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Just before we went on the air, Groucho, we asked for young couples who have recently become parents. And here's the couple selected by our judges, 
Mr. and Mrs. John Bonner. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, youngsters, to your bet your life. <laughs> Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Mr. and Mrs. John Bonner, your new parents, eh? Uh, John, how old are you? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. And uh, Mrs. Bonner, uh, what shall I call you? Betty. Betty? Good. You can call me any time after seven. <laughs> how, how old are you, Betty? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. And uh, John, where are you from? I'm from Houston. Houston? Where's that? It's in Texas. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> Why didn't you say Houston, Texas? Are you ashamed of Texas? No, I'm proud of it. In other words, a Texan takes off his hat to nobody, is that it? That's right. And how do you get your hair cut? <laughs> That's an old joke, but after all, I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> how long have you been married, John? Just a little over two years. And you, Betty? Just a little over two years. <laughs> well, there's nothing for the gossip columns in that answer. <laughs> practically newlyweds. Betty, you two were selected as new parents. Now, just how new are you? Seven weeks. No, I think it could have been six weeks, you know. <laughs> it's pretty new, Betty. Uh, what did you name your new ba- baby? Uh, Barbara Allison, John Franklin, and Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> well, that's certainly a strange name for a baby. <laughs> Wait a minute, did you have triplets? Yes, two girls and a boy. <laughs> Betty, that's wonderful news, and my heartiest congratulations, and I want to apologize to the state of Texas. Thank you. Don't thank me. I'm just an innocent bystander. John, congratulations to you, too. Thank you. President Truman said production should be triple this year, and I must say you were better <laughs> Where did all this take place, John? At Huntington Hospital in Pasadena. I see. You may be from Texas, but remember, you had to come to California to hit the jackpot. <laughs> John, did you faint when the nurse came out of the delivery room and said, It's a girl, it's a boy, it's a girl? No. I was expecting what? triplets. You were expecting triplets? Yeah. You say you were expecting triplets? <laughs> and your wife certainly must have been surprised. <laughs> what did you do when you first found out about the triplets? Uh, were you excited, Betty? Well, I wasn't too surprised. I was sitting in the doctor's office uh, waiting to hear from my x-rays. I'd been x-rayed for twins. And uh, I was sitting and waiting, and I heard the doctor say, You see, here's a head, and here's a head, and here's three heads. <laughs> and, uh, and you figured saying. three heads are better than one. Is that right? <laughs> uh, how did you break the news to John Bunyan here? <laughs> say a word. I just held up three fingers. And then John went out and poured himself three fingers of old stag. (laughs) Old stag. Hey, that's me, old stag. (laughs) John, what sort of work do you do? I'm a graduate student in chemical engineering at Caltech. Well, perhaps that explains it. (laughs) John, what were your family's reactions to the triplets? For example, what did your father say? Well, we called him up to tell him, and uh, there was about it was about a minute's dead silence on the other end of the line. Then he said, "said Well, so that's what you deserve for studying so much mathematics." <laughs> well, getting back to the baby's birth, what question do uh, question do people ask you the most, uh, John? Well, uh, 
Usually they In addition ask, to the routine questions. <laughs> usually they ask how much they weighed and uh, how far apart they were born. Mm-hmm. Well, those are good questions. What do you tell them? Well, I tell them that they weighed 11 pounds and 15 ounces combined and that they weren't born far apart because they were all born in Pasadena. <laughs> hey, you and your father get off some pretty good stuff. You better keep your eye on this, fellas. It's full of jokes. Although I guess this is kind of late to be telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> this is no joke. How far apart did the babies arrive, Betty? Well, 901, 910, and 913. Sounds like they were delivered by the Wilshire bus. (laughs) What were you doing when the call came to head for the hospital there? Do you remember? Well, yes, we were watching television. (laughs) What program were you watching? (laughs) Triple or nothing? (laughs) What changes have the triplets made in your life, John? I know what changes you've been making in their lives. Well, we used to like to go places on the spur of the moment. We'd just pack our bags and go. But now we've got to plan things pretty well in advance. Life revolves around the triplets, pretty much. What sort of inventory do you have to carry for this brood? Oh, my, it's terrific. Uh, Fifteen dozen diapers, and we have two dozen bottles. We prepare a gallon of formula every day. Well, who wakes up to feed the babies at night, uh, Betty? Well, we take turns, and if, if... You mean you and the babies take turns? No, John and I take turns, and... Oh, you're John's other wife, in other words. <laughs> if just one baby wakes up, then one of us, and if two of them, well, we both have to get up, and if all three babies wake up at the same Except time... Except for the fire department, I think. <laughs> well, one just has to wait. Well, suppose four wake up. Do you demand a recount? <laughs> I think so. Suppose you tell us what a typical night routine is like. Oh, my. Well, we get to bed about 11 o'clock. Up at... Oh, then we're up about 12.30 and to bed again about 1.30. Up about 3. And then we get to bed and sleep until about 5. And then we're up again at 6.30. And... Do you have a brass pole in the bedroom to slide down? <laughs> no, no. And then it goes on like that and we, we usually get up for good about 8 o'clock. And then start the daily routine. The I formula. bet you're pretty glad to get up and get some rest, eh? <laughs> John, I can just picture you pacing the floor with triplets. One baby in the right arm, another baby in the left arm, and nudging the third one along like a soccer ball. <laughs> well, you're a wonderful couple, and my advice is never go back to Texas. Because down there they have too much room for expansion. <laughs> now you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $2,000 question. You run your $20 into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is going to remind our listeners. The WAF and the man from the hobby shop are still leading with $253. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected famous streets of the world. Here's your first question. How much would you bet? 19. 19. In what city do you find Wall Street? New York. New York is right. Well, you're off to a good start. You have $39. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of the 39 will you bet on your second question? 38. In what European city do you find the Unter den Linden? In uh, Berlin. Berlin. Berlin is right. <laughs> you now have $77. Here's your third question. How much of the 77 are you going to go for? 76. In what European city do you find Downing Street? London. London is right. 
You now have $153. Here's your last chance to be the other couples. How much will you bet? $152. In what European city do you find the Champs-Élysées? I guess that's the way you pronounce it. Paris. Paris is right. (laughs) And you wind up with a grand total of $305... And that means that you get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question. Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Now, in just one minute, I'll ask the big question, but first, here's something of interest to everyone. If the brakes of your car aren't behaving the way they should, if there's any question in your mind as to whether they're safe or not, then, before another day goes by... Get a thorough check of your brakes at the place where they know your car best, your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. There, master technicians, brake experts, will remove the wheels of your car and give the drums, shoes, and hydraulic system a thorough inspection. They'll adjust and equalize the brakes scientifically, repack the front wheel bearings, and, if necessary, fill the master cylinder with the correct brake fluid. As a final check, They'll test for safe, smooth, straight-line stops. It'll be an efficient, reliable job. Count on that. And count on receiving fast, courteous service, too, at a fair price. When your car leaves your DeSoto Plymouth dealer's service shop, you'll know your brakes are right. You'll drive with a feeling of security. So have your brakes checked tomorrow, where you'll see the famous sign of better service, the friendly sign of the DeSoto Plymouth dealer's. And here's the parents of the triplets, all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question. Well, you look like the couple that were here a minute ago. (laughs) All right, here we go for $2,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully and please no help from the audience. Here it is. A hundred years ago, the President of the United States sent a naval officer and a squadron of battleships to negotiate a treaty with the Emperor of Japan. For $2,000, tell me... Who was the naval officer assigned to open the door to Asia? All right, what is the answer you two have decided upon? Admiral Matthew Calbraith Perry. Matthew Perry is... Well, that's right. That means you can have another trio of triplets. You win $2,000. You had the right answer, so you win $2,000. What are you going to do with all that, Jack? Money. Uh, Luca. I think we're going to invest it to uh, start building up a fund to educate the kids with. Well, I think that's a wonderful way to spend the money. Now, wait a minute. I got to total this up. Let's see. You just won $2,000, and how much did they win in the quiz, George? $305 in the quiz. That's $2,305. Say, you really cleaned up tonight. <laughs> Congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Thank you very much.
sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time when Groucho returns from his summer vacation to begin a great new fall series of You'll Bet Your Life. And don't miss Groucho on television, too. Also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... See the DeSoto Fire Dome 8 tomorrow. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. Don't stick your neck out in traffic. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast.